it's uh, August 31st, 2023, and on the prayer list, uh, Marcos Santibin has, uh, and I hope they did all right in Florida. I know there's some people in Florida that's flooded badly, and some said some 16-foot surge came in down there somewhere. So, and for salvation for his son. Hurricane victims there in Florida and wherever it's affected people. For our prayer team, Janice and Gail, Marta and Charles and Sebron, John and Ruby, Vassie and Linda, praying for Osman and his church in the Gambia, our children and our grandchildren. Pray for Mike for understanding concerning the loss of his sister. Unsaved family members up north. Situation in Europe and our political so-called leaders. Pray that the Lord will send laborers to the harvest. That's a great prayer. Eric, Rex, Ted, John, America, and persecuted Christians. Again, the people in Florida pray for protection for President Trump. All lost loved ones. Pray for the little ones, our children. Our pastors and our teachers praying for safety in our schools. Praying for President Trump that God would continue to protect him and that he'd have wisdom and safety. Praying also for our pets. Let's uh, join hands. We thank you, God, for all the blessings, so many of which we take for granted. Lord, help us as best we're able to see things as we ought to and not to lose your favor. Teach us tonight. Let us learn from your word and from one another and from your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We were talking earlier about how many people will be on the earth when the tribulation ends. We've got about 8 billion on the earth right now. The first major uh, dose of wrath, God's wrath, uh, results in 25%, one-fourth. One-fourth of the people in the world die. Well, that'd be 2 billion people right now. A little bit later, things get worse, and a third of those people die, a third of the 6 billion left. So that's another 2 billion. So, that leaves 4 billion people. The way it sounds, unless the, you know, the tribulation comes at a much later date when there aren't as many people here, it sounds to me like 4 billion are going to die and 4 billion are going to be here. He does speak of the nations being under the authority of those who are serving Him and ruling and reigning with Him. And, um, oh, see what I know that air conditioner bothers you, Ray. Let me turn that off. And as long as I don't get hot, I'm going to turn it back on.
Oh, I know it does. I'm looking forward to fall getting here. Hot weather, I don't care much for. So, um, there are going to be nations in the world, and um, they will be under authority of those whoever Christ puts in charge of. Um, that will be saints. I don't expect to be one because the more I read here in the Bible, the, the less I would expect to be one. I, I just want to be there. I want to be saved. And I'm trusting I am saved because I do believe, as it says in Romans chapter 10, that we could look at. Sometimes somebody might ask you, well, how, do I, how do I get saved? And uh, if you can touch Yeah, let me get my two power glasses on here. <laughs> so, verses, uh, Romans 10, uh, let's pick it up, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Um, having salvation is quite easy. I saw an interesting teaching this afternoon from uh, Joseph Prince, which some people don't like him, but I really don't find any fault I don't think you could say he's a prosperity teacher like Joel Osteen, but Joseph Prince is in a huge church in Singapore. Some of you are probably familiar with him, except it's not Singapore. It's Singapore. That's how he says it. He's a pretty cool guy. Now, somebody took one line in one of his books out of context and was kind of browbeating him with it where... He said there, there's no longer, once you are saved, there's no longer any need to go about confessing your sins all the time. Now, just in and of itself, just in that one line, you, you could take issue with like, like what? And, and um, I went ahead and looked that up when I saw that on Twitter because... I hadn't found Prince teaching heretically yet. I'm not saying he might not. I may find some. I don't think I will, 
but I could. He does believe very strongly in the spirit gifts, very strongly in healing, you know, the healing power of God. And um, he said that praying in tongues is to keep the devils from hearing your prayer and reaching out to try to uh, foil it for you. And whether that's true or not, it's interesting to consider. Um, Couldn't you speak in nonverbal tongues? Yeah, you can. You could, and uh, if you make noises, the utterance, you know, we're in Romans. Look at verse twenty-six. But does say if there's nobody to interpret it? It's no good. That's the point. But if you're addressing the Lord, He knows what you're praying. Uh, Romans eight and verse twenty-six. He says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Praying in the Spirit, Paul talks about elsewhere. If you're not praying in the Spirit, you're really not even praying. So, well, that that interpretation leads out something. Yeah, this is the NIV. That's all that was put in front of me here tonight, and this is my old standby. And I got saved reading it. Yeah, uh, it says that it intercedes with groanings and utterances that we can't even yeah, that's comprehend what, or understand. This says. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. But, um, so, do you not have to confess your sins all the time? I think Prince, Joseph Prince is probably right about that because he went on later in that article to say, I'm not telling you if you mess up, you shouldn't be sorry that you did and you shouldn't tell the Lord you're sorry you did it. But when he forgave you, when he blotted out your sins, well, he did that a couple thousand years ago. And that was for the sins of all mankind who would believe on him. Believing in him. Understanding who he is. And once you make that connection, once you use your free will to say, Yes, Lord, You are God and I am not. Yes, Lord Jesus, you are the visible image of the living God. You are the living body of God himself, one part of the Trinity. A human being made in his his image, his body, soul, and spirit. God, his body, soul, and spirit. God's body is Jesus Christ. Once we get that, once we know that, our sins have been forgiven. What sins? Well, the ones that are committed up until just today, and I'm going to have to confess my whole new list tomorrow. You know what? It's a good thing that we don't have to confess every single sin because we don't remember most of them. And we wake up from a dream, and I might have been having some fun in that dream. Yeah. 
Whoa, good day. I was sinning. Yeah, what about the dreams you don't remember in which you sinned? Your sins have been forgiven. Now, now again, Prince said, 1 John 1, 9, if, we're, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. You confess that I am a sinner and I want salvation, Lord. I will accept your sacrifice to cover my transgressions. God still wants you to get the right thing done. You know, if you rage in traffic or you get something that you should have paid for and didn't, and maybe it's too late, maybe there's nothing you can do now. God wants you to be convicted and to, you know, to notice that you shouldn't have done that. But he's already forgiven your sins. And again, think about it. How many sins do we commit? Some of them are worse, I'm sure, than the ones that we notice and decide, well, yeah, I better confess that. Better confess that. And I forgot about this other thing. Good news. That sin's forgiven whether you confess it or not because you're in Christ now. And I think this is what Joseph Prince was trying to point out. I think he's right about it. What about this Laodicean church we read of in Revelation chapter 3? This is the seventh church. This is the last one. <clears throat> to the angel of the church in Laodicea write. By the way, this, this letter is, is a revelation to John the Apostle from Jesus Christ. Um, it's not the revelation of St. John the Divine. <laughs> Some Bibles have it. The very first verse in the book, Revelation 1, 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. Soon? It's been a couple thousand years. In God's timeline, that's soon. We see that a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day, one day. The church, I'm sorry, to the angel of the church in Laodicea. <clears throat> Revelation 3, verse 14. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm and neither cold, hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. Different translations. <clears throat> you say I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire 
so you can become rich. And white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness. And salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline in the KJV, I chasten. He's telling them, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. I'm going to rebuke you and chasten you. You still have a chance to repent. But some of them won't. I would say most of them won't. Are they in the church? Yeah. They're members of the church. He said he loves them. He referred to them as being in him. And he says that elsewhere. You know, they are in, they're in me. I am in them. The believers are in Christ. This is borne out by him saying, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. <clears throat> if you were not in him, he wouldn't be able to spew you out of his mouth. You have to first be in him. And they are. These are true believers who got their hearts turned toward the ways of the world and riches, wealth. But he said, you can't see it. You don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Is that what Earl talked about last a couple of weeks ago? Where they're out in outer darkness with the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, and well, well, I think that that's a, I think that the tribulation could be seen as certainly at least one of the and probably the worst outer darkness. Oh, he doesn't call it hell. Right here, you just read this verse when you started. Scriptures that whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Now, if you were in that outer darkness, would you be ashamed? But there's no evidence for you being. being I know. This is what I've been struggling with for weeks, back and forth through the Bible, trying to figure out: Am I going to make it to the? uh, Am I going to be in the outer darkness? Am I going to be in the presence of the Lord? You'll be in the presence of the Lord. Here's why I say this. Because you're concerned about it. I think those who get sent off into outer darkness didn't give it a second thought. You know, and they didn't get saved. They didn't do the first John the John ten and nine ten. Well, they there are there are saved people who don't make the didn't do anything, who never did anything. Well and 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 the Bible says throughout about worthiness after you're saved. Right. Faith uh, without works is dead. There is no evidence of you being a Christian. We'll look at Luke. Uh, And the unprofitable servant. There you go. Well, but he was a servant. And these these Laodiceans were in him. And, And, you know, that indicates that they had been made part of the body of Christ. So I don't... I don't think they're going to hell. I think they're just going through some hell. 
on the way to heaven. Well, uh, Peter says that if if uh, if the uh, I'm sorry, Paul said that, and I think it's the 11th or the 10th chapter of of Romans. He said that uh, Jew, uh, Israel was cut off because they didn't accept the Messiah, and he said, "We who are saved, if only by barely by our coattails, you know, by, by fire." Uh, and I mean, he's talking to saints. Sure, um, that's you can see some. We'll look at First Corinthians three after I share this verse. This is uh, Christ uh, speaking in Luke twenty-one and. Verse 36, he said, Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. I, I think that's a rapture. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to escape the the rough stuff that's coming. Uh, this Luke 21 uh, parallels Matthew 24 a lot. And... Um, <laughs> We hope that we can escape these things. Now, well, you know, when, if you're witnessing to people and you're telling them about the wonderful love of God and the forgiveness we have through through the, uh, the the redemptive act of the Lord Jesus, and then you tell them, but you know, you got to be careful. <laughs> I mean, isn't it up to God to start working in their lives to bring them through this? Uh, process of, uh, of, of sanctification uh, yeah yeah uh, uh, yeah there's three phases you get you know you, you're justified and then you're uh, uh, sanctified sanctified and then you're glorified uh, so that's the outer court the inner court exactly. and the holy of holies I think that outer court might be outer darkness too I think so you're too. just not in there you're outside looking in. You're, you know. That's what I feel like I am a lot of times. No, uh, probably all of us. I don't think you're in that camp. I mean, you go out and proclaim <coughs> the, good, the good news every chance you can. And I believe that there's degrees of rewards in heaven, aren't that? There are degrees of torment in hell. And the people that didn't do anything for the, the growing of the kingdom, you know, the Great Commission, they never bothered doing it. They got out of the hell. They got that get out of here. Well, we'll read 1 Corinthians 3 in just a moment. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, Paul says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, how are you in the kingdom of God? If you are serving him, you're in it right now. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. It's not something you're... It's within you. Yeah, it's in within you. It's not something you need to wait on. Well, what if what if you didn't inherit the kingdom of God? Well, you know, something bad could befall you, and you didn't have His favor. And you know, we saw in um, uh, uh, the the story of uh, Samson, and he gets hooked up with this harlot. But God's favor was on Samson, and Samson had the strength of a thousand men, and. The Philistines wanted him bad. But they couldn't do nothing with him. How many did he kill with the jawbone of a donkey? Just took a donkey's jawbone and used it as a weapon. So... They should outlaw jawbones. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he gets deceived by lust of the flesh and Delilah. 
And she keeps asking him, what's your secret? What's your secret? And you're familiar with the story. Uh, and he tells her something that's not really the truth. Well, next thing you know, here's the Philistines with all these special kinds of ropes that he said, if I can be tied up with this certain kind of rope. And I mean, I don't know if he was that much of a dingbat. I mean, he should have been able to connect two dots. You know, I told her what would get me. And then the next thing I know, this is what they brought in. But he told her a lie, thankfully. And then she gets, you know, angry with him and says, you, you lied. Was it him? Yeah, probably. And I think it might. I think it may have referred to that. Very well. rope is very strong. So the next thing, you know, he tells her wrong again. And right after that, here they come with exactly that that he said would subdue him. But he had lied and he got free and he killed a bunch of them. And now she's really mad. You've been lying to me. You've been lying to me. Why did he go on ahead and tell her the truth? But he did. If my hair was cut, if my hair gets cut, then I lose my strength. Well, what do you think? She puts him to sleep on her lap and cuts his hair. And now he, she says, Samson, the Philistines are on. And they come running in and he gets up. I'll just shake them off and throw them away just like I always do. And the scripture says he, but Samson did not know that God had left him. He didn't know that God had left him. He thought he had God's favor. He didn't have it. And they took him prisoner and blinded him. And uh, well, he got the last hoorah on him, of course. He brought their whole temple structure down and killed who knows how many. And himself. And himself when it fell. But um, it was something like uh, speculated to be something like 40,000 people. It's a big stadium. Wow. Anyway, he tore it down because he got his strength back because his hair, his hair had begun to grow back. And uh, he was, he was, uh, had that, uh, what do they call Nazarene it? Nazarene no. The Nazarene no, 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 no. Not to cut your hair. John the Baptist. Yeah. And Christ too. <clears throat> Christ. So, um, that's a, that's a, a sobering thing to consider. Samson did not know that God had left him. We don't want to be that person. We don't want to just take God's favor and blessings for granted. David had that same problem. He said, return unto me the joy of my salvation. Mm-hmm. Remember? And take out that spirit from me. Well, yeah, yeah. uh, There's several people in the Bible where the spirit left them. One of them was, Mm. of course, Samuel, King Samuel. Yeah. Saul. 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 King Saul. Yeah. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, to me, inheriting the kingdom of God is living in the right here. The right now with God's favor on you and you have inherited the kingdom of God but you can be pulled out of it by losing his favor by doing wrong he's telling them you're doing wrong you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God do not be deceived neither the sexually immoral 
nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. He is speaking to believers, and he's saying, you were these things. This isn't who you are now. He said, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. He says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but will not be mastered by anything. When he's saying everything is permissible, this stuff that he just went over is still permissible. It won't cost you your salvation. None of it would cost you your salvation if you truly believed and God sealed you with his Holy Spirit and you acted in any of these ways, these immoral, rotten ways. That's permissible, but it's not good for you. Oh yeah, you're, you're, you're um, sexually immoral. You're an idolater. Not good for you. Permissible? Not going to cost you your salvation. This homosexual stuff either. Won't cost you your salvation. This is what's being taught here. But it's not good. That's when God will chasten you, right? Well, let's, let's read on. Yes, it will. It can. Let's read on. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Let's pick it up in 13. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food. That must have been a phrase they used. You know, meats for the belly, the belly for meats, King James says. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I have uh, I have lust, you know, so here's a prostitute, why not? You know, I have the lust, she's got what it takes, why not? He says, but God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? So Paul is telling these folks that are doing these wicked sexual sins, he's saying, you know, your bodies are part of Christ. He says, shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. It takes some stern teaching when you're in a position like the Apostle Paul. You got got to take the gloves off. See, these Corinthian believers say, hey, we got the best of both worlds. We're going to die and go to heaven and get to live it up down here while we're at it. That's what they were doing, and the truth be told, it's what many Christians do. Many do. 
Why, why does it say that any man born in Christ is a new creation? The old things have passed away. Behold, I'm able. The things of the world grow strangely dim. You know, we're not interested in doing a lot of that crap that we did before. We will look at Romans 7 in just a moment. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 3. Verse 11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ, Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, that's going to be a day of judgment, will bring it to light. Now what day would this be? I believe it would be the Bema Seat Judgment of Christ spoken of in actually 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You're, you're going to give an answer for everything in front right of Christ. Right after the rapture. Yeah, right after the rapture. Oh, it's Christian back there. I saw a shadow going. Um, Getting their chickens. <clears throat> so, that day would, would bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive reward. Built what? How? A dedication. Foundation. Yeah. You build on that foundation. Dedication to the ministry. Uh, generosity. Uh, living as the best example of a person in Christ that you could. These are places I, I fall short. But you'll get reward. Verse 15 says, If your work is burned up, wood, hay, and straw, or stubble, if it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. The sin unto death, spoken of by the Apostle John in one of his, his epistles. Um, you can send yourself right out of this world and show up with your coattails smoking and your knees knocking at the Bema Seat Judgment. You don't want to be that guy. You're not going to hell, but you're, you're going to be humiliated. Who would want that? Romans chapter 7. Now Paul speaks of this dichotomy of the flesh and the spirit. When we're born again, God makes our spirit alive by uniting His Holy Spirit with ours. See, we are connected. We're connected to God all the way around. Hey, babe. Yes. Can I get water? Yes. No rush. So we're connected to God by the Holy Spirit. We're part of it. Okay, verse 15, 
of Romans 7. Now this is a little tricky to understand, so maybe just listen to the rendering out of the NIV. I do not understand what I do, Paul writes. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, well, that's what I'm doing. I want to do certain things, but I keep doing the things I hate to do. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. That's an important understanding. I didn't do that in my spirit. So your spirit bears witness. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have had such a a, a mean thought. You shouldn't have mocked that person. Now, if you want to mock satanic acts, I, I do that. I don't think you're supposed to do that either. Well, I do it. <laughs> Told you, I'm falling short. Uh, as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me. Thank you so much. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. I want to do what's good. I want to do what pleases God, but I can't seem to get that right. This is the Apostle Paul. I've heard ministers take a hatchet and destroy this passage of Scripture because they got the stupid idea that Paul was somehow such a saint that butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. He's telling you, I struggle. And if he did, then so will we. And if we think we don't, I really get aggravated at some of these people. Well, let me just confess my sins. I'm addicted to tabloid magazines. Or, oh, you know, my, my besetting sin, the sin I'm fear is going to put me in hell is a... Uh, I like ding-dongs, and you know, I eat a box at a time. I'm confessing my sin to you now. You confess yours to me. And I'm in that congregation. I say, you done brought a firecracker to a daggone atomic bomb here. I can tell you what I did, but you don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'll tell you what I do. I'll tell you what I think. I don't think you want to hear it, Mr. Ding-dong Cheeto the addict. Yeah. That's the truth. Didn't that really minimize... It does. Yeah. Your 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 sinfulness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I hear these folks when they do that, they're being intentionally deceptive. Or they're besetting sin, they have somehow made such a lapdog out of it they don't think it's sin. Mm-hmm. Alright. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Verse 19, Romans 7. For what I do is not the good that I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Apostle Paul. To me, this this gives me hope and comfort. Because once we start taking a good hard look at ourselves and our own hearts... And even there are things in our hearts that we don't see, yet God does. Jeremiah 17 and 9, our hearts are desperately wicked. God says, who can know the heart? And he says, I know the heart. I try the reins. He knows. You think you have a dream. 
can't remember it. Woke up. And I was dreaming about something. Can't remember what it was. You're probably hiding it from yourself because you're afraid to face up what you was involved in in that dream. <clears throat> we are sin by, sinful by nature. That's the flesh, though. That's not our spirit. We are we're, we're still in an earthen vessel, as, as Paul puts it. We're made of clay. The Christian band called Jars of Clay. It's a good band. So he can't get what he wants to do done, but he keeps on doing what he doesn't want to do. Verse 20. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Remember the comedian Flip Wilson? The devil made me do it. Well, there's a lot of truth to that. The devil will make you do certain things. Well, he'll at least lead you down a path. It's always your decision because God tells us that if we're tempted, he'll have a way out. He'll make a way out for us. You're not. I think that's why Jesus gave that model first. He said, lead us not into temptation. Mm. Well, forgive us our sins. Exactly. So verse 21, Romans 7. So I find this law at work when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Oh, I want to go over here and I want to help out this church picnic. I mean, they're a little short-handed. I believe I could, you know, give them a hand and maybe cut the grass for them and, you know, help that church picnic and I'm wanting to do good. And that's a good, good day. Look at that gal right there. Man, and right your head goes around. Lusting. Evil's right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I, myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law. But in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Will we get our minds fully around that short passage in Romans 7? Verse 15 to the end of the chapter. That passage gives me more hope, I I would say, than practically any other that I've seen. We judge people and we're sinning. I'm going to help out church picnic over here and I look at the preacher over there. Does he think he needs four chicken breasts? He's already 500 pounds. There's a sin for you. You came to help out, and there you go. Judging somebody. Judging somebody. Hard not to, isn't it? It's just hard not to. If we would maybe at the threshold of getting ready to make a derisive thought or statement to oneself about someone or God forbid you say it to anybody else out loud maybe just step outside yourself and look at yourself sitting there at that picnic table at this church picnic what would you say about yourself 
If you say, well, there sits a handsome fellow. I wish I could be like him. You're full of pride, if that's what you think. If you'd be honest with yourself, you'd probably think, that dude looks like a schlub too. You know? <laughs> I mean, who does he think he is? So, we, uh, we got just probably 10, 15 more minutes. I want to look at a passage in Luke 12, and Jerry and I were looking at this the other day. sobering to me Uh, verse 32 it looks like says do not be afraid little flock I love that little flock does the King James say little flock Mm -hmm. love that never ever started a church so that's what I'd call it little flock do not be afraid little flock for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I like my stuff. I don't guess he means for me to sell all my vehicles. I couldn't get to work and make a living. What does he mean? How many coats do I need? Uh, I think I probably got seven or eight. I don't need seven or eight coats. Now we've been giving some stuff to Goodwill. Well, I've been collecting pocket knives. How many knives can you use at one time? Watches, cars, tools, table saws. We all do it. Got three tables. We all do it. Um, that movie Schindler's List, that fellow was selling everything he could get a hold of to provide money to hide the Jewish people, try to save as many lives as he could. I guess he was a German. And um, at the end of the movie, he doesn't have much left, but he's got a gold fountain pen. And he's looking at it saying, I should have sold this. I could have gotten X number of money for it and what could I have done with that what could I save some more with that money and that's the right attitude I don't have that I I want to be generous and I give certain things away I have um there's things that I care for and I like to keep but this is a little bit of a stumbling block. And then he goes right to this very solemn passage. He says, be dressed, ready for service. Who wasn't dressed? Who was naked? Lay to see in church. Remember we read earlier? Be dressed and ready for service. Keep your lamps burning. Who had trouble keeping their lamp burning? Foolish virgins, Matthew 25. There were ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. At midnight the cry goes out, the bridegroom's coming. They get up, they trim their lamps, except five of them have no oil. They have no oil. Their lamps won't burn. 
and the ones whose lamps were burning were taken into the wedding banquet and the door was closed. Later, the ones who went out to get some oil, which is representative of the Holy Spirit. Olive oil in the Bible is always the Holy Spirit of God. You see a rock in the Bible, it's always Jesus Christ. Could you say that the stone that David killed Goliath with was Christ? Sure. It's the power of God that did it, wasn't it? So, um, they came and tried to get in. The door was closed and the Lord said, I don't know you. Don't know you. Not part of the bride. They were not part of the bride. So, be dressed, not like the naked lay of the sins. Keep your lamps burning, not like the foolish virgins. And then he says, like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. What's that tell you? These people here did not get to go. They did not go to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Didn't go. Does the Lord hate them? Nope. Because what does he say? So that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth, he will dress himself to serve and will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It'll be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Well, if these folks are tribulation saints or those who were members of the church of Laodicea who did not repent before the rapture, had no oil in their lamps, but once the rapture happens, the truth is going to set in the hearts of so many people left behind. So many people still here. Who are these people then if they're not the bride? Could you call them friends of the bridegroom maybe? They're not condemned to hell. And, you know, there was a period of time during the tribulation that the gospel was being preached. My guess is it's being preached continually. And people are repenting and being saved and coming under conviction and being filled with this Holy Spirit, many for the first time ever, even though they thought they were in church, they thought they were a believer. I just think that passages like this, and when you connect the dots and compare them, they give us, they give us pause not to just take for granted, oh yeah, I got my get-out-of-hell-free card. I'm going to just swagger right up to the throne of God. Say, uh, Glad you're going to get to see me today. You know? You don't want to be like that. Pride will destroy you. And God will abase you. And, and when we... When we judge... When we mock... We're kind of, it's coming from a position of pride, isn't it? You know? Thank you, Lord. I'm not like this sinner over here. 
Thank you. I'm not like him. You know, uh, the two men went to to pray. Um, and I can't find it. It's in Luke 18 here. He says in verse 9 of Luke 18, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. He's referring to the guy who was next to him. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. So he's praying, thanking God, talking about himself, how good he is, and how he's so glad he's not like this guy next to him here. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. God have mercy on me, a sinner. First one is counting on his works. Yep. And he had a heart full of pride. You know, I'm doing this, and I'm tithing, and I'm not a robber, and I'm not like his tax collector. That got him nowhere. Well, it got him further from where he wanted to be. The tax collector wouldn't even look up to heaven and just pounded his chest and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. That's what the Lord wants to see. That's, that's what he expects of us. You know, humility. You know, the fact that we struggle with sin means that we're aware of what sin is and that God doesn't want us to do it and you know, and like Paul, I'm trying not to do it, and my flesh ends up doing it, but in my spirit, I'm not sinning. That's not me. We'll go ahead and close. Let's join hands. Your turn, Bob. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to gather together again. Uh, we're grateful for the hospitality that Dan and his wife and Fars show us each and every time we come here. The gift of hospitality is truly one of their gifts. Sharing and caring. And I do believe he does that to the greatest of his ability, especially with the preparation of his word. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here again and guide us on our way back home that we may stay out of trouble and bring us back again at the appointed time. And thank Christian again for preparing a meal for us all. Amen. Amen. Thank you.